Darren Lake here with Master of Some. Just a quick warning that this episode contains a tiny bit of foul language. So if you have anyone around you that may be offended, please put on earmuffs or headphones or something. Thanks. Enjoy. What? What do I love about the summer? I love that I can walk around naked in my house and or the beach and I'm not cold because I get cold very quickly. I get cold as f- in the warm ass 24 degree ocean after 15 minutes of swimming. Like, like I have chills in 30 degree sun. I have to sit there and warm up and I'm the cold off for them with the blanket on. You've got thyroid problems for the summer. <laughs> so yeah, I love when I walk out of the ocean and it's 39 degrees and I'm still sweating. That's what I love. Okay. What do you love about summer? Um, when it ends. 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 Welcome again to Master of Some. This week, Darren and I are going to be talking about overreaching. So when does the necessary stress of training, so pushing the body so you adapt to that physical load and get stronger and faster, when does that turn into too much? When does it turn into illness and injury and, you know, when do you move into the danger zone? Today we're going to look at some of the warning signs, we're going to look at some of the symptoms and we're going to delve into what you could potentially do about it. If you like the episode, make sure you subscribe, rate and comment and we'll see you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Master of Not None, Master of Not All. Master of Some. Master of Some, yes. We can't do that if I do the intro. Maybe we can. Who knows? So overreaching is needed for adaptation to happen. Phil is going to speak a bit on this. So he's going to speak more in depth on this uh, later and probably in the red team. We'll, We'll figure it out. The gains come from the rest after you've pushed your body. And by pushing your body, that's, you know, hitting those 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 interval repeats that you need that will get you to run your 5K race pace, et cetera, et cetera. But overtraining is a condition. It's a symptom that's very, very serious. I've seen it in so many people. I've seen them on their Strava. They go out and do 150Ks and they're like, oh, you know, I'm sick for two weeks with a upper respiratory sinus infection. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, what were you doing before that? And they're like, oh, nothing. And I'm like, well, that's why you got sick, because you pushed your body <laughs> to the point where, you know, it couldn't recover and your immune system dropped. And then all the shit floating around you, you just picked up. You weren't able to fight against the germs. And it's the same for injury. You know, like I see what people pull hamstrings or, you know, they have Achilles tendonitis. And it's been there for a while, but they kind of ignore it. It's not like, you know, it really happened. And they just go, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then they do that 20K run and... They're hobbling halfway through and they finally go see the doctor or the physio and it's like, hey, dude, that shit didn't come, you know, just out of nowhere. It was because you, you weren't allowing your body to rest and, and adapt. So I, I can go on a rant and a rave, but it's really it's really hard and it's really sad for me to to see it because I want to keep my mouth shut. But now I got a podcast where audio <laughs> is the, the the main medium to get my bullshit out. And hopefully some of you people that are on my Strava can hear me and uh, don't think I'm too much of an asshole. Cool. Nicely said. From my perspective, just building on that, I think there's two main themes before I get into some of the nitty gritty. There's two main themes here that I think are at the root of 
of this phenomenon of of so many people um, experiencing symptoms of overtraining. One is the too much of a good thing, or, or if if some is good, more is better. So as as Darren said, you've got to stress a system. You've got to put a load that that uh, you know that a system, or in this case, your body is not used to, um, on something in order for it to cause adaptation. So you've got to go a little further, a little faster, a little harder than you did before, for your body to go. Oh damn! I need to I need to get stronger. I need to be able to go longer in order to cope with what this guy's going to make me do or go. The the problem comes when athletes kind of realize this and they keep ramping it up and up and up and up and doing more and more and more and more. Um, and I'm big on the 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 ten percent rule. Yeah. So you know your long run or your intensity shouldn't go up more than ten percent. I actually uh, stay on the side of five percent. Yeah. Early in the season. Um, if you know, I'm especially long runs, I try to do between five and 10% because even 10% sometimes is a big jump. So would that, would that be what you're talking about right now? Yeah. Yeah. Or or even, or even to a point where they, uh, you know, they, they, they stop, um, uh, or, or they keep going with the 10% and the 5% in terms of like, say, volume. Like uh, at some point you've got to top out, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, the, the, yeah. there's only so far you can go before it's like, okay, now we're kind of kind of pushing the envelope. Uh, and the, the the second thing I see happen so much is 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 fear and, and people don't take a break. They don't listen to some of the warning signs I'm going to go through in a second. Um, and they don't step back from training because of because of fear that they will lose fitness, that they'll not ah. be able to not be able to complete an event. Yeah. This happens I'm looking at you Ironman athletes. I, I sound like I'm constantly ragging on Ironman athletes. It's but cool. I, I've got so much experience coaching Ironman athletes and I see these patterns over and over again and it's it's almost always uh, more prevalent with the long distance stuff for newer athletes who haven't taken it on before. Yeah. But they're so scared about finishing the race that um, they will push through and they will, they will rationalize away the fact that their Achilles hurts or their hamstring hurts and they'll do that extra session um, in the hopes that they'll they'll get faster and yeah, lo and, and behold. Yeah, and that's the, and that, that ends up being the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, it's, it's funny enough, you, you talk about fear. There, I don't know the exact numbers, so I'm not going to give you a ratio because I'll probably fuck it up as usual. But when you build, especially in a an aerobic base, that that Mafatone, you know, MAF as I put, I see so many people put like Moff Run, and I'm like, you don't even know the Mafatone approach or whatever. So they just do. <laughs> it's just a high aerobic, you know, uh, uh, 150 heart rate ish, depending on your age, whatever um, type of run or ride or even swim. You lay down that foundation, that shit is rock solid. It actually takes a long time, meaning like three to four weeks for you to start losing the aerobic fitness. Oh, yeah, sure. Anaerobic fitness and strength and speed, that goes away in seven to ten days. Yeah. Like studies have been done, like you start losing, that starts deteriorating very quickly. You have to stay on that. But aerobic base, you have to basically sit on your fucking couch for four straight weeks yeah. And you'll probably just feel like shit. So you'll be like, oh, I'm slower. But you, how you feel, again, feeling and what you're doing is different. So you probably feel like shit. Your body isn't used to the, uh, the nervous system, not used to the, the movements and all that. But it would take you four or five weeks of doing nothing to see slight deterioration. So if you just did Moffatone moderate heart rate training for the rest of your life, you it would you would have to just be out of it. Like a, a serious catastrophic industry for uh, sorry catastrophic injury for you to lose your fitness yeah and yeah. people don't know that and it, and, and they think you know it's like I don't, if you know if you if you don't use it you lose it they, they think that and yeah. i wish there was 
more proof out there to show people and tell people like you're good you're if something hurts take three four days off the minute it starts hurting well three or four days is uh is is nothing if you do your uh you get achilles tendinosis and you can't run for a month yeah that, risk uh, reward yeah, yeah that, that 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 is gonna that exactly. is gonna mess with your race whereas three days off is well it's just a nice uh nice little recovery period yeah yeah um cool so i mean the how this occurs is is pretty straightforward i mean i'll lay it out in a in a kind of few quick bullet points here but it goes back to the very succinct uh definition darren gave at the start of the episode it's putting your body under more stress and more load than you're giving it chance to recover from or you're putting in in place strategies to recover from so you're not recovering enough uh between sessions you're engaging in too much high intensity training for too long so you're you know you're hitting sprints and you're hitting tempo runs every single day um if you suddenly and drastically increase your your distance or your intensity uh, or your frequency so that that's going back to what what, what darren said before about that kind of ramping up 10 percent, 5 percent week on week so if you suddenly jack up your run volume by 40 percent from one week to the other that, that that's not going to help um if you don't take actually structured breaks in terms of vacations off seasons you know if you're one of these per, per people that trains year round and, and literally never takes a week off um that's gonna that's gonna compound over the years so, um, sorry to interrupt um yeah i'm big on i've found that me personally it's three weeks on one week off works really well yeah i i was gonna i i used to do four weeks on one week off because i didn't read it right the first year or two i started doing endurance training yeah and it was like oh every fourth week so i finished the fourth week and then took and i was like oh i should do three weeks on and i found that to be a perfect number again for me it's all individualized yeah because right at that three week mark i hit that three that that you know in triathlon season i hit that that long ride followed by the long run or vice versa and i'm like i feel the overreaching happening i feel my body going like dude give me a fucking break yeah oh, i'm about to and i'm i'm teetering on that really thin line and i'm just i can't wait for that fucking recovery week yeah and yep. it is so awesome so yeah that's that, that's work for me some people do two yeah. two on one off i think a beginners it's good for yeah beginners and, and age plays a plays a plays a part here as well like older athletes tend to need more and more frequent recovery so like if if you're a, if you're old people like me and darren like the three weeks on one week off um is a is kind of a good place to start but if you're 23 and super healthy you could maybe go five weeks six weeks yeah. without that without that rest week um so yeah super super personal personalized um and then it's inadequate recovery strategies so um your nutrition's not on point you're not taking in um enough calories you're not taking in the right type of calories your your macronutrients are off maybe you're you're um uh you know restricting carbs or you're restricting fats get, or them, get the macros right yeah get the macros right or, or <laughs> micronutrients as well you know you're not you're not getting uh, yeah you're not you're not eating your greens um insufficient sleep is huge um and then stress and anxiety i think we we talked about this maybe in episode two but total total stress load in your life so it's not just the training you're doing out there on the road that that's contributing towards your your total stress load on your body if you're flogging yourself at work every day as well that's that's all going in the bucket that's all part of the allostatic load Two, two things there. Um, I just want you to maybe explain. I'm just going to jump in. Yeah. So remember, folks listening, all you guys and, and gals out there, sleep and rest are two different things. Google it. 
because there's a lot of articles on it, but it's actually quite new of a, of a of a concept for people that are just jumping into it. You can get eight nine hours of sleep, which is recommended depending on who you are, seven to nine. But you can get eight nine hours of sleep and just keep flocking yourself day in day out, like seven days a week. You're always doing a long ride, long run, blah blah blah. Like and then you go run around. You got lunch brunches. You're hanging out with your family and then start again. Like rest is actually chilling the fuck out, putting your legs up. Like, it's not actual sleep. If you want to take a nap that day, please do it, you know? like, But just chill out, watch TV. I'm not a big fan of watching TV. I watch about 30 minutes of TV a week, and, you know, I I feel slightly guilty. But just, you know, watch a movie, like, or watch YouTube videos or something. Like, literally, put your legs the fuck up. And and don't... The swim is not resting. So that's that's one. And I forgot number two, because... That's okay. That's a very good point, though, Um, ladies and gentlemen. There is no such thing as a recovery run. Yes. <laughs> Stop kidding yourself. Yes. There's an easy run. Yes. There's a, but you're not recovering one iota by running. I'm sorry, you're not. Maybe like walking at 15 minutes. Yeah, walk, walking. Walking. Yeah, sure. But, but even then, I if you're if you're like just at that point where you're like, man, I'm tired. Just fucking sit the fuck down. Yeah. You know, yeah. try to just you know don't talk to anyone that day or just chill like it's it's the stress oh i remember so the stress so your body does not know the difference between mental stress at work you dealing with coworkers or your boss or shit's just crazy and you crushing yourself and going all out in a sprint race Mm. and you also running from a bear that's about to kill you that's all releasing your body's releasing cortisol again we don't play doctors on the internet but i'm pretty sure from what i've read your body releases cortisol which is a stress hormone yep with all that shit. So that's why I like to say, quoting Mavatone, manage your stress. If you're having a hard week, then, and, sorry, if you're having a hard week training, then try not to go so hard at work or tell people around you like, yo, you know, I'm having a hard week training. Like this is, this is my week that I need to get my, my adaptation in. So leave me the fuck alone and or plan that training week around your work. So vice versa, or don't run from bears when they're trying to, kill yeah, you or ab- absolutely ab- <laughs> please run from them but try not to be around bears <laughs> yes a- avoid bears we've all we've all seen the revenant like it's not good no bears just watched inception last night actually and i was like god damn leo is side side rant leo is fucking so damn good and revenant was fucking lame man but yeah anyway i think inception's lame i'm a, uh, so were you were you the person that said inception's lame yeah i was telling nadia that last night i was like I know someone that thinks Inception's lame, but I actually respect them and like them as a human being. Yeah. And it really bothers me. Yeah. Sorry, man. Fuck, you're that guy. I know. I've just lost us half our audience <laughs> as well. Anyway, so so uh, those are those are those are some of the causes. Basically, you're 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 doing too much. You know, the three levers of training are you know your your intensity, your volume, and your frequency. So you're you you're going too hard, you're going too long, and you're doing it too often, and you're not giving yourself adequate chance to recover. So if you do that for too long, what's going to happen? Now, I'm going to go through some symptoms here, which kind of might help you identify if you're in the camp of overtraining. And what we're looking for here is a kind of chronic pattern that sits in over a period of time and you're kind of always feeling this way. So 
we're not talking about the example where you've had a three-week block of training, you've you've caused yourself some, um, you know, um, some overreaching to cause those physical adaptations, and you're at the end of a three-week block, and you're feeling tired, your body's feeling a bit beat up and sore, and you know what? After three days, four days, you know, a, a, an easy week, you're you're feeling twice as strong because you've given yourself adequate um, adaptation and recovery time. That's not what we're talking about here. So, you know, for instance, the first thing on the, on the list here is feeling um, lethargic, feeling fatigued. You know what, if you've just gone for a, a, three-hour hard run in in training for your Ironman, you're going to feel lethargic after that and you're going to feel fatigued. So it's the compounding long-term, um, you know, symptoms. And some of these are kind of more, uh, I guess, more sort of serious than others or, or kind of, yeah. So like I say, fatigue and lethargy, Loss of motivation, energy, drive, and enthusiasm to train. You know, if you're if you're doing this for long enough and you just don't give a fuck about training after, you know, after five weeks, six weeks, and you just can't get yourself out of bed. Loss of sex drive as well. Um, increased stress, anxiety, irritability, feeling depressed, um, insomnia or sleep problems. Um, poor commu- uh, poor concentration, hyperactivity. Um, you can't relax, so kind of the uh, the opposite to lethargy there. Um, large fluctuations in weight as well. So uh, this is something that I don't think we're going to get into on on this episode. But that increase in cortisol um, and that inability, uh, th- that um, lack of recovery, can actually you know the, the amount of people I know who've gained weight training for an Ironman. Um, mm. we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that on another episode because I think that's too deep. Yeah, uh, that, too that's deep right be now. The nutrition in in yeah yeah. Um, loss of appetite, um, constantly sore, um, increased susceptibility to sickness and injuries. So you're constantly getting the sniffles. Anything that comes in contact with you, you, you tend to pick up. Um, performance suffers as well. So, you, you know, your, your benchmarks, your time trials. Um, go back to episode one if you want to listen to us talk about that. But your your performance markers and start... Two. And and episode two, um, rate, subscribe, and comment. Um, but if you um, if you start seeing that your your benchmarks suck, that's that's and you're and you're you're doing twice as much volume, that's not a good correlation there. Um, things like your resting heart rate and your heart rate variability, I'll I'll touch on that in in a second, um, in a bit more detail. Um, and you know things like you know diarrhea, nause- uh, nauseousness, um, headaches all the time, and if you're uh, if you're a woman as well, like menstrual uh, irregularities are a, are a big red flag in terms of uh, in terms of overtraining as well. So if if you have a laundry list of those kind of symptoms, there's a good chance, and and you're doing obviously a lot of training, there's a there's a good chance that you're potentially pushing it a bit too far and not giving yourself a chance to recover. All right, Mr. Phil. I want to say Dr. Phil, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> All right, Mr. Phil Cross. So, we've got our H8ers out there, our shade throwers. You know what? I I think we should they're not all they're not all haters and shade throwers. Some people are just they've got real questions. Okay. Yeah. So but sometimes some of you, some of you are hate, haters and shade throwers. I know you are, but there's, there's also the, the the curious person who's This is a real question. Okay. So, yeah. we've got the curious person yeah. out there. Yeah. That's just smart, and they're just like, yeah. But, 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 hey. And this is their question to you: Don't I need to overload or stress my system to provoke adaptation? You just said that in the beginning. Yep. And I said that Phil would talk about this, so this is our segue into this. So, I mean, like, how am I supposed to 
do this like it, it's supposed to stress my system so i can see gains and then like it seems like a, a high risk low reward or high reward depending on how much it's worth to you yeah um there's a, a couple of a couple of frames throughout there. Firstly, absolutely yes, you do. Um, so you you do need to you do need to stress your system to an extent um, to cause physical adaptations in order to improve as an athlete. Absolutely, and you are walking a line to a certain extent sometimes between doing that enough to cause adaptations and um, and well overtraining and getting sick and injured, and. It comes down to, uh, once again, the why and the goals. Um, it's funny how things keep coming back to that. So if, you're, if you've got no significant um, skin in the game in terms of you're not racing for a podium, um, you're, you know, you're, you've got no marked time goal that you want to hit, you just want to, again, you're the person maybe who just wants to complete the race. Asking yourself, okay, why am I training 30 hours a week? for this Ironman and being constantly injured and tired and, and sick and all the rest of it. You you don't need to do that in order to um in order to get those kind of adaptations. Um because it's not in line with your goal. So in, in terms of risk and reward, if you are at the pointy end of the field, that's where it kind of gets a bit more um I don't want to say risky, but you know, you're you're up against people who are stressing themselves to the to the absolute um, limit in terms of walking that line between overreaching and overtraining, just to get an extra two seconds, just to get an extra you two know, seconds. Depending your event, yeah, two seconds, a quarter of a second, a tenth of a second. That's right, and and that's where that's where this becomes a lot more of a, a kind of fine conversation, and and maybe some of the these kind of strategies we're going to talk about in a second will help in terms of identifying or, or helping you walk that line, so to speak. But if you if you've not got those kind of goals, then mm, ask yourself if it's worth it. You know, even walking anywhere near that line. One popular thing that I follow and I know Phil might follow to an extent is Phil Moffatone's holistic no-nonsense protocol. He's a very cool guy. He's a bit polarizing. He's a bit old school, but his shit has been working for for a long time, and, and I like it. It's, it's kind of this Buddhist, mindful way of, of approaching things. And again, it's holistic. So holistic meaning looking at the whole, uh, the whole idea, the whole gamut. And he, he, he coached and trained some of the best endurance athletes in the world back in the day as Mark well. Mark Allen. Mark Allen, yeah. Uh, Mike Pig for a while, I yeah. think, as well. F1 pilots. Um, Pete Jacobs he's working with at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, F1 pilots. <laughs> F1 car drivers <laughs> and airplane pilots. Um, he's done done a lot of music producers. Rick Rubin was one of my favorite. So, yeah, dude, dude's absolutely legit. His protocol, his, his, his kind of protocol and his... His way of training and living um, transcends endurance sports, but there's there's a few levels to it: low heart rate training, managing your stress levels, not getting rid of stress. You have to manage your stress. Again, it's a it's a seesaw or a sliding scale of sorts. So you're going really hard. Um, you got hard intervals. You're, you're you're doing high intensity training on the field, outside, at work. You then just Try to chill out or you again, you schedule your training outside or around your your hard days if you can um, at, at the job. Vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D. Huge, especially for you darker skin folk like myself. I'm black if you didn't know. Oh, dropping, <laughs> dropping crazy bombs of knowledge on people. It's like, yo, he's black. What the fuck? 
I know, I know, I know, me too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so and, and you white people out there because there's a lot of sunblock that you throw on and a lot of people that are like us train in the morning or at night and you don't get enough of that good sun. The sun that causes the, the, the skin cancer also gives you the vitamin D. Oh, <laughs> look at that. What a world. I, I, I for, for, for clarification, I'm a super pasty Englishman. So the, uh, the, 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 the sunblock and the getting burned and the like, I literally, I, I'm one of those people I don't tan. I just, I just, I just go red. You just burn. Yeah. Just burn. Zero yeah. to a hundred. Yeah. Um, footwear. This is huge, huge, and it gets a bit off off brand of what we're talking about. But especially if you run, um, cycling, swimming, you know, obviously a bit less. But if you run, play tennis, basketball, whatever you do, footwear is huge. Make sure you get shoes that fit well, and that you know everything starts at the foot. And you need to make sure that shit's right because that's a chronic injury waiting to happen. Sleep, 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 and rest, which are two different things. Make sure you get an adequate sleep. You, you know how much it is. If you're listening to us, you don't need to know how much it is. You know how much you need. I've read somewhere that it is how much you you sleep when you wake up naturally. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, and I've found that I'm actually, I keep saying I can run. I can personally run off seven, seven and a half hours. And depending on what's happening in my, my schedule, I can wake up naturally around that time. But I found that when I'm just tired and training, I hit the weight room really hard or something, had a hard day, I sleep eight, eight and a half naturally. So I yeah. need to listen to my body on that because I want to I wanna hit that alarm at seven, seven hours and 15 minutes to wake up at 4.30 and get the workout in. And I'm, I'm learning. I, you know, I'm a... a I'm a project. I am a. I give me my words, Phil. I'm a. You're I'm a, a work in progress. There we go. We're all a work in progress. <laughs> I, I think. I think. A, I think a whole separate podcast on sleep is probably in order as well because yeah. there's lots of, lots to talk about in terms of chronotypes, which is your sort of genetic, um, uh, your genetic um, requirements for sleep and your your kind of uh, susceptibility to to different things at different times of the day. But we'll, we'll get into that on another on another show. Yeah, that sounds like I, a heavy one. I could talk for a while around this yeah this is, uh, this is pretty cool i like I that it. i like that i'm just gonna say my my final words basically um the the way i've been training has worked for me finally in the last i'd say six months so it's taken me five and a half years of training for endurance sports shit i was you know i got into kind of running longer and 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 riding longer about 10 years ago and i was getting sick and i was getting injured and you know plantar fasciitis here getting the flu and upper sinus infection after doing a 100k ride after not doing anything so i've done all the stupid things that i tell you guys not to do and girls out there um but i finally kind of found the point where i can stress my system and i know where i can feel that i'm overreaching and it's it there's Unfortunately, there's no app out there that can tell you, not even, you know, maybe a coach that's known you for a few years or a doctor or something can tell you, oh, you're hitting that point, but you have to dig into yourself. Um, and I've seen gains, you know, and not at the expense of running my body down into the ground. Again, it takes experience, it takes research, and just generally trusting and experimenting with your own body. I always err on the side of caution. So if I have a little bit more in me, I always, I always let myself have about five to ten percent more every workout i go sweet yeah i could have ran a tiny bit harder i could have done another one or two intervals that's cool i don't need to do that i'll save it for the race or i'll save it for next week i don't like everyone that was that was great that was really good man um anything else 
No, I feel like that could almost be like the end end, but uh, I know yeah. you got some stuff that you want to say, oh, actual tasks. I, I just got a, yeah, a few little tactical takeaways um, to, to kind of layer on that. And I, mate, I think you're absolutely right. There's there's no app. There's no um, there's no kind of magic wand out there that will um, be a substitute for, for knowing your own body and paying attention to it. Um in terms of dealing with overtraining, so if you are in a deep overtraining hole and you've got yourself to the point where you're super fatigued and you're experiencing a bunch of those symptoms that I kind of listed above, you really need to think about taking some proper time off and some rest and 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 employing some some really structured recovery strategies that we're not going to get into in detail here but that's really the only alternative uh, the the only option if you've gotten yourself there but if you're just a kind of hard charging endurance athlete and you're looking for a few ways to kind of manage and 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 think about your your training load here are a few so Firstly, uh, managing your heart rate variability. So this is the um, so most people know about measuring morning heart rate, um, and which is resting. resting yeah, your your yeah. resting morning heart rate, and if it's sort of consistent, then all's well. And if it starts kind of going outside of the zones where it usually sits, that that could be that could be an issue. Your heart rate variability um, is a technology that measures the beat to beat. Uh, the difference in the beat to beat intervals of your heart rate so it, it's the how consistent your heartbeat is so it's you know your heartbeat is not 1 1 1 1 it's 1.1 1. 1, 1. 1.2 0. 0.99 0. 0.14 there's the slight variations in the beat to beat variability and the more healthy your cent- and this is a marker of central nervous system health so the the more robust and the better state your central nervous system is there'll be more beat to beat variability um and the kind of worse state your central nervous system is there'll be less variability and there are apps you can get that out there that will give you a, a, a oh bless you Darren. <laughs> there are apps out there that will give you a, um, a almost like a traffic light kind of um, uh, rating of your your heart rate variability score on a given day. Do you so, use uh, what equipment do you use? Um, so I just use uh, an app called Sweetbeat. Do you have um, to use a heart rate monitor? Yeah, and, okay. a, and a, a Bluetooth uh, enabled. I use a Wahoo ticker um, heart rate strap, and I take my HRV every morning. Um, and usually it's somewhere around the 90 mark. Um, and if it's there, I know I'm good. No, what it was 90? Uh, like what's just, that number refer to? Uh, the health of your central nervous system. So, so it takes the difference between, so it takes the average between all of them? Yeah, so the 90 is just a score. So, oh, okay. So the, the 100 score, is perfect? Uh, I, th- I think it even goes, um, it might go above 100. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, okay. but but the, the, the point is when it goes out of the regular range for you, that's when it starts getting a problem. And and th- this, this is legit, this is really legit. So I can, I can get up on a morning and if I'm feeling shit, so if I've been overreaching, I've been training hard or I've gotten sick or something like that, or I've had a few adult beverages the night before, I can get up in the morning, take my HRV re- reading, and I know for a fact it'll be lower, and it and it is, and so that's that's that kind of central nervous system fatigue. So that's that's one way of kind of measuring on a daily basis, and it's really good for pulling type A's back. So you know, uh, a lot of people have the the frame of just pushing on through and getting the session done. If you wake up in the morning and your heart rate variability absolutely sucks and you feel like crap, then that's a a kind of external uh, factor telling you to maybe take a day off. And 
I think external factors here are, are, are kind of the key. So there's a few other ones Darren mentioned before, having a coach that knows you and, and knows when you're showing signs of, of overtraining and knows when your mood's off. Your, your partner can kind of function as this barometer as well. So having someone in your life that you've given permission to, to kind of call you out if you're kind of, you know, you're maybe being a bit shitty, you're tired, you look like crap, you're, you know, you're, you're getting sick all the time. WTF, mate. A lot of that. What's that? WTF, mate. WTF. Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so you, the, the, your partner would be like, "What the fuck, dude?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow, that that's a bad joke. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners at home. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> um, so yeah, having having somebody having somebody to to call you out on that stuff, I think is uh, I think is absolutely huge. And then using tools like um, Training Peaks or Strava, they'll have something called a. I, I'm not sure what it is in in Strava. Um, it's a stop, bop, 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 points in the red. It, it's, it's something about points in the red and a stress score. Yeah, it's, it's TSS it, in Training Peaks. It, right? It's TSB in Training Peaks. TSB. The, the training stress balance. Yeah. So w- what this is is essentially your score of how much in the in the kind of uh, in the red you've gone in terms of your um, putting yourself in a in a in a kind of stress hole, and and the great thing is you can mark up your uh, your training peaks um, your your kind of graph of your training over time with like whenever you get sick you can go back and kind of just make a note of that and look at what your training stress balance was at that time and if it's constantly like you know you're susceptible to um, sickness and injury when it's at say minus 50 um, that's a really good like external point that you can just keep a track of and go okay I'm, I'm starting to dig myself into a hole now and you know that's I'm potentially uh, potentially erring on the side of, uh, of risk um, sorry um, I found it so Strava is called fitness and fresh freshness and freshness. it's only in the premium people that pay their 699 a month yep um it actually is really damn good and it's the same algorithm uh, as the tss tsb which training training picks uses um so it is uh, helps track your levels of fitness fatigue and form over time you can go into it you can google it, it's really good um and it's suffer score that's their whole tss thing it's suffer oh, okay. score. yeah which is yeah, points yeah. in the red yeah keep cool. going um, and then the other stuff, the other stuff is pretty commonsensical and we've kind of touched on this before, but it's just making sure that your sleep, your nutrition, your stress management um, uh, techniques are all on point. Um, we're not going to go into what on point looks like right now. Um, uh, we're going to get into nutrition soon on an episode, but um, yeah, those are, those are some of the things that you can, um, you can do and you can take away right now and uh, knowing what your personal red flags are, having someone to check you um, and making sure your recovery strategies are adequate I think are, are three things that you can uh, you can go and do right now thanks a lot for hanging in there and listening ladies and gentlemen that was another episode of Master of Some if you enjoyed it don't forget to subscribe don't forget to rate don't forget to comment we want to make this a two way conversation and we want to hear from you um, we hope to see you next time or hear you next time Anyway, or you hear us, whatever. Subscribe, rate, and comment. Darren, like everyone.